Let me ask you something. Does your work make you happy? Do you know what your potential is and do you use it? Do you deliver value that you're truly proud of? This is the Happy Work Podcast, where we discuss all the things we can do to make our work and with it our life better. So I recently had a great conversation with my good friend Carlos. He talked to me about how the past was reflecting in his present decisions. You know, the saying that we think we're done with the past, but the past ain't done with us. And while this saying is, of course, true, there's also opportunity in this and a big learning, uh, one that many of us have to endure more than, uh, than just enjoy. But the fact of the matter is that when it comes to our past experiences, there's always three options. It can either leave us untouched, we literally disconnect from the events that happened in our past because it did not resonate with us whatsoever. They had no emotional relevance. Or we can actually become impacted by them. And those are the two fear agents that I talk about a lot. The things that wire us to our fear and eventually create our fearful mind, one being trauma and the other one being conditioning. So these are the two fear agents of the past that sometimes or actually always speak to us into the present and then alter our decision making and alter our choices that we make. And that was actually the conversation that we had. And the third option, of course, the best option is where we had those occurrences in the past, but we found a way to disconnect from them. So these are really the pathways how we can see and deal with the past. And, and it's needless to say that in option two, the past is still part of the present. And, and that, of course, makes it very hard to connect with yourself, the world, your decisions in the present moment, because everything is now kind of seen through the, in the context of what happened in the past. And we all know what that means in, in, uh, in the business world. It means that we will compare the present situation with a situation we already experienced. And that will make it harder for us to really be free in the decision-making process and making, making choices that are informed by the information we have at that given moment and the way we truly would feel about it because everything is informed by how we felt back then and it's still reverberating through the hallways of time. And as we elaborated further on that, because I was very interested in this conversation because I saw, obviously, that this is, there's a big need in today's societies and communities to, to kind of point a finger at it, to put a finger on it, uh, what I was. And I was able to tell myself... One thing, and I realized that was that one thing that I did in order to choose option three, where, yes, uh, the past has left a mark on me, but I was able to work through it. And that is the, the process of grief. Now, griefing, traditionally, as we learned it, again, a normalized expression is always associated with death. When we lose someone we loved, a loved one, a family member, a friend, then grief becomes the normalized emotional reaction. We fall into a phase of grief. 
that's how we understand it. And grief is important. We know that uh, in grief counseling, and there's a lot of therapy built around grief, the idea is that we process deep emotional pain. But now, this is something that we've done so well when it comes to death, but so poorly when it comes to other kinds of losses. Because as a human being, it is very likely that you will experience a lot of loss in your life. And some of it is not as, pardon my English, spectacular as death. Sometimes loss is much, much smaller. And yet it leaves you injured. It leaves a scar. And when we don't grieve at that point... Well, guess what happens? That's when we take all this stuff with us into the present moment. Now, griefing should become part of classic, normal mental hygiene in that we say, if loss is incurred, griefing needs to happen. We need to be able to grieve. We need to receive and give ourselves the space to grieve. We talked in an earlier episode about growth, and the attention we have to give to the resources that help us stay connected with our happiness so that we can bring our true self into the world. Now, grief is a way of growth. Grief is a resource of growth that we can give attention, that we should give attention. Sadly, we don't do that. If, for example, someone gets fired, right? Someone loses their job, loss. Grief is very, very rarely commonplace. It's not a common practice to grieve about a lost job. Instead, we allow for fear, for panic, disappointment, anger, hate, envy, all those negative emotions to roll over us. And all that those emotions do, they take away space. And now, again, for the attentive listeners who've listened to some of my past episodes, you know that the only thing that is required from life in order to connect with true happiness is you allowing yourself to have the space to be who you are. Space, space, space. Freedom, liberty, room, all these things. That's what it is all about. Now, griefing is the creation of space ignoring grief and instead allowing for negative emotions to resonate within you takes away space because now you connect a past experience with a negative emotion that makes it valid. And now every time you are triggered by anything that even in the slightest reminds you of that situation, that negative emotion that was attached to the situation will resurface and you will relive that pain, which is commonly understood as a traumatic response. But there's choice in that. And, and sadly, it's something that even in trauma therapy is not addressed often enough. Griefing is not, it, griefing is not about saying it's okay that someone's dead or it's okay that I lost something. It's, it's not about positive thinking. Hell no, not at all. Positive thinking is actually the opposite. It's, it's lying to yourself. But grief is actually creating awareness and through awareness creating space for an event. When you grief, you revisit your emotional reality. You look within and realize that there is pain, but that the pain comes from the fact that there was a connection. 
you celebrate that connection through that pain, it is actually you telling your mind that to be able to have such deep experiences, emotional experiences, is what makes you alive. To be aware of them is really what makes you conscious. So that kind of awareness is what connects you with the beauty of the situation. And that's what will allow you to resurface from the situation unscathed because otherwise you are hurt. You remain hurt. Grief is the process of letting go. Griefing is nothing else but processing, giving your mental machine, your mind, the space to process loss. I know for a fact through personal experience, and I know there are many, many listeners who know it just as well, if not better, there are so many so-called leaders in the workplace who bring the unprocessed traumas into offices, into marketplaces, and poison the pond for everyone. We've all been treated by these people in whatever way, negative ways, and we often pinpoint the issue at them being bad people. Of course, they're not bad people, but imagine by the age of 35, how many unresolved, unprocessed cases of loss have you packed into your backpack? And how much weight, how much emotional weight that means for the individual that has never allowed themselves to grieve? It's terrifying. But you can also look within the realm of dating. I have friends who are in the dating game and they bring a lot of unresolved traumas and unresolved conditioning into any new date. And now the issue is that they're incapable of seeing a new person as who they are because they always look at them through the eyes of trauma, of unresolved loss. They were left or abandoned before, and now they have this tension in them, and the trigger is there, a new person that will probably hurt them as well. And now it's important that we don't address this simply you know, in therapy as, oh, you know, you, you should just be open about it. You should just, you know, forget about the past and just move on. That's bullshit. We can forget about the past if we have never allowed ourselves to have the space to recognize what the past even was. What happened there? What happened? That's the only reason why we should grieve. And that's why we should grieve whenever we are experiencing loss. So I think it goes without saying that if you want to truly own yourself, if you want to find the clarity in your mind, to find the mental space to explore your potential, to bring it all out into the open through beautiful work, work that expresses your happiness. This is what this is about here, happy work. If you want to do these grand things, well, you cannot allow for the past to constantly drag you down whenever you try to stand up. So what you need to do is before you go on the journey, before you go through the red door, before you can be like an apple tree, you need to make sure that the past remains in the past and that you cut the cord by giving yourself space. Without the proper space in your head, without the proper space in your mind, 
Your heart cannot move in. It cannot expand. Your intention of happiness cannot unfold if there is no space in the residency that you are. You have to declutter, declutter, declutter. But the biggest clutter in your mind is always the concepts that you have allowed to occupy your mind. And of those concepts, the most massive one is everything that you learned in the past that is not true or not true anymore. These are the things you have to revisit. This is the mental hygiene you have to do. And even if it's decades after it happened, you can grieve today. You have to grieve today. You have to develop a grieving hygiene plan where you revisit the monsters of the past that are still tapping on your shoulder whenever you have to make a decision, whenever you want to move forward and address it with your grief. And grief meaning nothing but creating mental space for yourself and looking at it. What was it? Do I give myself the permission to let go of it? That's the crucial point. That last aspect actually is really what seals the deal. To give yourself permission to move forward, to recognize that you are the one who held the key all this time, that kept this umbilical cord alive uh, between you and the past, and that you now tell yourself, I am done with this. I gave it the space. I recognized that it was there for a reason. I'm forgiving myself for having maintained this connection and now I'm letting it go. I need the space in my present. That is the mental hygiene that we need in order to move forward. And that will instantly create more space for you and turn you into a true leader for your cause and make it possible for you to access the fire and the potential that is within you completely unclouded by your past. Mm -hmm.